Hey, everyone. Welcome back to the Fantasy Football Addicts Podcast. My name is Mung, and of course, you can find me on Twitter at FFA underscore Mung. That's M-E-N-G. Hey, Addicts. It's Los at FFA underscore Los. Welcome back to the podcast. You ready to talk about week one, man? We're here. We are in the thick of it. It is time to go. (laughs) Oh, man. My body is ready for some football. And uh, let's just hop right into it, Los. You know, we just talked about some preseason news um, and talked about some changing situations on our last episode. So we're going to dive in, talk about the week one matchups and just one or two things that we're looking at or something to dissect about every team based on these matchups. And we're going to kick it off with Thursday night football, the Buffalo Bills at the LA Rams. And uh, we talked a little bit about Gabriel Davis and Isaiah McKenzie on the last episode. You guys can go back and listen to that. But also the running back split here is important. It sounds like Singletary and Moss with maybe a little Cook mixed in. If you had to pick Los in full PPR, you know, based on our last episode, it sounds like you'd rather start Gabriel Davis, right, over McKenzie? Yes, absolutely. Okay, Are, would you still be willing to flex McKenzie in PPR if he's healthy? If he's healthy, I would flex him. Yeah. In a, in a full PPR, I absolutely would. Okay. And then real quick, same question then for the running backs, right? Because it sounds like this is going to be kind of a messy committee, but they have said that Singletary is quote, the lead running back. Are you starting him over? I assume Moss and cook. No, that's okay. Cause last year, Matt Burita was the lead running back. Then Zach Moss was the lead <laughs> running back. So no, I'm not touching any of them except I think cook has the biggest upside. I I could see him maybe not ending the year with the highest, uh, highest points scored for the backfield, but he's the only one I'm interested in. Same reason for that. I, that I have some PPR interest in guys like JD McKissick or, um, Oh, come on. Uh, Kenneth Gainwell. Yeah. But are you trusting him in your lineup week one? Nope. No way. Okay. Are are you willing to start Singletary or boss though at flex? (laughs) Not against the Rams. Okay, fair enough. So you would rather avoid that situation altogether. I don't Absolutely. hate that answer. <laughs> yeah. um, on the Rams side, it's a little bit confusing too because it sounds like Cam Akers and Daryl Henderson had been splitting the reps pretty equally in training camp thus far. How are you treating that situation? I know we haven't really talked about Cam Akers a whole lot on our preseason shows thus far, but heading into week one, are you willing to start Akers as an RB2, as a flex? And same question for Henderson. Akers is going deep enough in drafts that I'm seeing right now that he's a flex. If you don't have a bigger upside, this sort of depends on roster construction. If you need to swing for the fences for whatever reason, and hopefully that's not already the case in week one, go with Akers in your flex. But I would say say the same thing about Daryl Henderson. I think he is being criminally underdrafted. And if you haven't drafted him yet, bump him up two rounds and get him on your bench. All right. So let's say Henderson... Uh, is on your roster. Are you throwing him in the flex week one? It depends on your options. Can you throw some names at me? Oh, I mean, let's say <laughs> you got Miles Sanders or Daryl Henderson. Yeah, I'll take Daryl Henderson. Okay, let's say you got Kenny Gainwell. Who are the, uh, let me just make sure I know. Yeah, they're, they're playing, playing Detroit. The mm-hmm. Yeah. Give me Gainwell because of that Buffalo defense. Okay. I I think I'm starting both Eagles running backs over uh, Henderson. Um, But I I do think that Akers still has upside. I think lost in kind of his ADP dip of, you know, it might be a full committee is that 
if he can stay healthy, maybe it does become more acres again, right? Because we're all worried about that Achilles. He's, he, you know, came back way early ahead of schedule, and maybe he works his way back to close to 100% after another full offseason. Of course, uh, the other situation of Bear monitoring here, uh, of course, the Matthew Stafford elbow, uh, whether, you know, whatever you want to call it, the tendonitis, the, the maintenance issue. I, I think if you drafted Stafford, you're starting him even against Buffalo, right? Yeah. Uh, if, if his elbow was in big trouble, um, Sean McVay would have come up with another answer, made, made a swing at another quarterback, done something by this point. You can't just come in and start your season against Buffalo and not put your best foot forward. So, so I'm confident in Stafford in the past game. All right. And then uh, we're starting it early this year. You taking Buffalo or the Rams? Ooh, I, I want to pose you a question. Why are they opening the season and closing the season with the same game this year? Are they? Well, Buffalo at the Rams, it's going to be this oh. is the first game to start <laughs> Thursday night football one week from today. And then some game late in, in early February might be the same game too. Yeah. It's, uh, is it president's weekend now going forward with the, uh, I think so. The, the added schedule, man, that, Sm- that's going to get, that's going to take a idea ever. used to. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. It's going to get rowdy. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, all that said, if they make it to February, we'll see at that point, but for week one, who are you taking? Oh boy. I have not thought about this at all. So you're pulling me clear off the cuff. I you am want me going to go to- first. Sure. Yeah. Let me, let me, let me listen to your reasoning and then steal from you. Uh, I mean, at the end of the day, uh, Josh Allen can, you know, scramble out of pressure and Stafford isn't quite as good as that. Um, I I just, it's hard to bet against the bills. And I feel like we're going to be saying that all season long this year. Uh, Goodness gracious. I guess let's start the season with a real, with a real matchup. I'm not going to take the bills just so we can get exciting. Give me the Rams. Okay. I mean, they've got home field advantage. They, they added Allen Robinson. If Isaiah McKenzie's not ready, I could see it. Yep. You're going to start the season one and oh, congrats. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, we'll find out. I mean, the, uh, what is it? The Colts upset the bills at home last year, right? That's true. That's true. And, and the bears and the bears beat the uh, bucks with Brady, right? Uh, almost. No, they did. I don't think they did. Did they two, two years ago? Hmm. I honestly don't remember at this point. Did they but. not, or was it, or was it the Saints they beat? They beat one team that they had no no chance in. But okay, I think they fine. almost came back against the Bucks. But regardless, uh, we'll move Either on. Way. We'll yeah. move on to the Sunday matchups here. The first one, uh, noon Central, one PM Eastern. New Orleans Saints at the Atlanta Falcons. NFC South showdown. I think really on the Saints side, what we're looking for here is what's that workload slip going to look like between Kamara and Ingram? You know, is Jameis Winston going to target Kamara out of the backfield? Obviously you're starting Kamara if you drafted him, but would you flex Mark Ingram? This is a game where the Saints should lead from start to finish. And we know that he could punch in a touchdown or two. I would. There's no reason. There's no reason not to. They're going to run the ball early and often. Uh, uh, this is a team that that wants to put this game away. I think Kamara is going to be a running back one this week, pretty easily, and I think Ingram's going to get plenty of work. Okay. And you know, Ingram's not somebody we've really talked about this preseason, but he's pretty much free. I mean, he's going yeah. like undrafted in a lot of leagues, so I think he's someone. Uh, to take keep an eye on. I actually just drafted him uh, in a fourteen team league, so I needed I needed some running back depth, and I might actually be starting Mark Ingram uh, week one. There you go. Um, and then, of course, the other thing we want to watch 
with the Saints is what does Michael Thomas look like? We're going to see him maybe play for the first time in two years, depending on how his hamstring is doing. Um, He's someone that I just have very little shares of this year at at ADP. I I just, I can't invest in a guy that we haven't looked at in two years who is, I think he's 29, almost 30. Uh, Have you taken Michael Thomas at all this year, Los? Zero times. Um, I, I, I just don't trust the recovery. Um, he had some hype pieces with, you, you know, in the off season, they didn't hype me too much, but you know who I did get hype for? Who? Chris Olave, baby. All day Olave. Are you starting Chris Olave week one? Do you trust that workload? I'd flex him in, man. I'd do it. Ooh, okay, spicy. So you, you're saying you would start Olave over Thomas if for whatever reason you had both Saints receivers on your roster? I would right now. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I, I think if you drafted Michael Thomas, you're probably starting him at flex or wide receiver three or whatever, you know, just based on your other options. And it is a lamp, right? It's, it's worth noting. Yeah. But, man, I just... That's the thing. I don't want to sound like a crazy hype monster for one. This is against Atlanta. <laughs> and two, I'm firmly in the camp that, that believes Chris Lavi is the, is the most pro ready wide receiver of this last draft class. Okay. Fair enough. All right. Let's move over to the Falcon side here. And really, we just want to know how does Marcus Mariota look? Can he support both Kyle Pitts and Drake London in fantasy this year? I think Pitts, obviously, if you draft him, you're starting London. We'll see. I, I think I'm willing to flex him depending on you know how deep your league is and what your other options are, but certainly a tough matchup right off the bat against the Saints. This is difficult. Uh, I don't think I would go with London this year. Or, I'm sorry, this game. I, I would give him a little time to season. Yeah, I mean, does he bear shadow coverage already just because of how terrible the other options are? I mean, he's probably going to see a lot of, of Marcus Lattimore, right? Well, the problem is Kyle Pitts is is actually a wide receiver, which is going to be interesting come contract time, right? Um, but as far as this team goes, he's pretty much a wide receiver. So what does Lattimore do? The rest of that off that defense isn't too shabby, though. Yeah, I, I think personally, if you can, I would avoid London just because you know he's coming off of that knee injury too. It doesn't sound too serious, but he has missed some time and some reps. Um, yeah, I, 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 give me give me the Saints here. I, I think they're actually. A sneaky good this year if Jameis Winston can avoid the turnovers, and he won't be needing to. He won't be needing to chuck the ball around too much this game. So I don't. Th- I think he's just fine. Um, give, give him the Saints in what could be a runaway. Okay, let's move on then to San Francisco at Chicago. Of course, all eyes will be on Trey Lance, especially after the new Garoppolo contract. But you know, another thing we really want to see in Week One is what is the target distribution going to look like between Debo Samuel. Brandon Ayuk and George Kittle. Now, Los, I know when we talked about our overvalued and undervalued players, you're still very high on Debo Samuel. So, of course, you're starting him, right? Yes, absolutely. All right. Would you be willing to flex Ayuk? Of course, you're starting Kittle if you drafted him at tight end. I would start anybody you want against Chicago anytime you want to. <laughs> Sounds good. Uh, and then, of course, at the running back position, uh, you're starting Elijah Mitchell as an RB2. And it will be interesting to see whether he still maintains that true workhorse role or if we're going to see Jeff Wilson mixing in a little bit. Of course, you know, they cut Trey Sermon. So Jeff Wilson, the supposed number two for now. Yeah, Mitchell's going to get the workhorse role, but that doesn't necessarily mean he's going to get 
even, you know, 70% of the touches. Cause I think they should be able to run the ball enough against Chicago to put this away, this one away pretty early. Uh, Chalk Mitchell in for, you know, 15 plus touches. Uh, Wilson will get some touches, but uh, not unless Mitchell, uh, hold on. Mitchell is an RB one this week. Book it. <laughs> okay. All right. Uh, on the bear side here, uh, we'll see what kind of workload Khalil Herbert gets, or if Montgomery is still in a, you know, quasi workhorse role, that'll be an, an important uh, litmus test for the season to come. And of course, Justin Fields, you know, if you drafted him late, if you really wait on quarterback, is he someone you're considering starting here? Because as good as the Niners defense was with that mobility, he actually looked good against San Francisco last year. I mean, if you have to, he's going what quarterback 17 off the board in most, most leagues right now. So if you absolutely have to, I guess if he's your, if he's your quarterback, if you're looking for, for upside, but I, I personally wouldn't trust him the first couple of weeks of the season. Sure. Well, I mean, let's say you planned on streaming a couple quarterbacks, right? So if you okay. just waited on quarterback late and your options are, let's say Tua fields Tua playing New England. Yeah, no, give me fields. Okay. Um, cousins against a pretty solid Green Bay defense. Mm, Fields has the upside there. Okay. So you're still taking Fields over Cousins? Yeah, I wouldn't go higher than that, though. Derek Carr against the Chargers defense? Oh, is he higher than Fields? Okay. Well, hmm. That's about where the line gets drawn, isn't it? Uh, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. What, just because we have no idea what that, uh, that Raiders team's going to look like, give me Fields. Not yeah, confident. Think, Zero confidence. Yeah, I think I agree because, the, I mean, they released Alex Leatherwood, and Leatherwood wasn't great to begin with, and that Raiders offensive line really scares me against Joey Bosa, Khalil Mack. Right. Yeah, yeah. The, we, we always talk about the Chargers offense, never about the defense. Defense is, is darn good. Yeah. They're, yeah. Whew, if they can stay healthy. Um, yep. All right. I am taking the Niners here. Absolutely. All right, let's run it. Uh, next one is going to be Pittsburgh at Cincinnati AFC North showdown here. It sounds like right now, uh, Deontay Johnson and George Pickens are projected to be the outside wide receivers and three wide receiver sets with Claypool as a big slot. That's going to be interesting to see. We're going to see a lot more motion, um, a lot more under center stuff that we saw Roethlisberger just refused to run last year. Um, Los in a PPR flex position. Do you trust the rookie Pickens, or would you start Claypool over him if you happen to have both? No, not yet. I don't. If you have to pick one, it's Claypool for me. But that may change rapidly. Um, hopefully, that's not the wrong pick. But I, I can't stomach it week one. Okay, uh, we'll see. And you know, Pickens is another guy who we haven't talked a whole lot this preseason about. Um, what are your general thoughts on him? I like him. Uh, I think he's getting hyped for a reason. I think the Steelers draft very well, as everybody knows, uh, at the wide receiver position. They mm-hmm. uh, they find yep. some guys that can be, they can turn through, make uh, very successful on their team for a good three four seasons, and then um, put them out to pasture, unfortunately. But for uh, but for every Deontay Johnson, they also have you know James Washingtons and uh, <laughs> um, things like that. So. Anything could happen. I like Pickens a lot. It's the highest they've drafted a wide receiver in quite some time. So they must really feel sold on him, but um, give the rookie a week or three to, to get acclimated. Yeah. And don't forget uh, Tomlin. I don't think he's committed to a starter as of this recording yet, but it could be Mitch yeah. Trubisky uh, throwing the ball. So 
Well, yeah, when that's the question. Um, and that's, that's one of the reasons right now I actually like Friar Muth over both Claypool and Pickens for, for the start of the season. Okay, interesting. All right. Um, on the Bengals side here, we're going to see how this rebuilt Cincinnati offensive line does. And then also a situation that I haven't heard a ton of people talking about, but I'm curious if there's going to be a little bit of rust for Joe Burrow to shake off after missing pretty much all of camp and preseason recovering from that appendectomy. Now, he is back to practice. He's been throwing and running. So he's getting some reps in. He's got a couple weeks or oh, no, just one week until the season. But uh, are you confidently rolling Burrow out week one if you drafted him in like round six or seven against TJ Watt company? I'm not confidently rolling Joe Burrow out in any situation, but if you drafted him, I guarantee you are the most confident in Joe Burrow of anybody on your roster. So I, I, I think my input doesn't matter much here. Okay, fair enough. Uh, this one is tough to me because I, I just I can't bet on Trubisky or a rookie picket, so I'm going with Cincinnati at home. Yeah, give me Cincinnati. Um, they they're coming off that Super Bowl Super Bowl loss, which teams oftentimes fall hard from. But uh, I had three plus years of Mitch Trubisky, watching a lot of football from him. I don't think this is going to be a six touchdown week from him. <laughs> yeah. In general, I think I'm a little bit lower on consensus on the Bengals this year, but I still think they got to take this one at home. Yep. All right, next game here, the Philadelphia Eagles at the Detroit Lions. Something to watch for sure is how pass-heavy Philadelphia is going to be after investing in a top-five offensive line and trading for A.J. Brown. You know They were above average in pass rate to start the season last year. But after Hurts struggled, they became the most run-heavy team in football. So this could be an early test of whether A.J. Brown is going to have that elite top five upside or if he's more of that boomer bust wide receiver too this year. What are your thoughts on Philly? I had faded A.J. Brown all offseason. And as you saw in our draft last night, he landed in my lap and I didn't know what to do. So I figured <laughs> let's, let's diversify a little bit. Grab some A.J. Brown. So now I'm on the train, baby. He's a he's a he's wide receiver three for the week. Yeah, I mean, more and more I'm buying in on A.J. Brown just because we're seeing that the Eagles could really run up that pass rate this yep. year, given what we saw in the preseason and Come on, it's Detroit. So you're definitely starting him as a top five guy, at least Absolutely. for week one. Absolutely. Now, I, I I do think we need to temper our expectations. I think Devontae Smith, it, it's like you don't even hear whispers about the guy anymore, and he is uber talented. He had a tremendous rookie year. Again, if it wasn't for Jamar Chase, we'd be talking about a lot of other players as big-time NFL superstars. Um, but, uh, but alas, he lives in the shadow of, of both of those now. Yeah, well, are you flexing them this week against the Lions? I would. Okay. And I think if you draft a Goddard, you're, you're probably starting him as well. Yeah, if, if you took him, you probably had to take him at tight end seven or five, eight or something. Yeah. So, All right, let's move on to the Detroit side. And I think the big story here is there's been a lot of debate all offseason about Amon Ross St. Brown. We're going to see what his targets and usage looks like with TJ Hawkinson back with Swift healthy, and then, of course, the addition of DJ Chark on the outside. So where do you think he's, what, wide receiver three flex, or do you have higher wide receiver two range? No, I'm avoiding him. I'm, I, I wasn't a fan preseason. I'm not a fan at the start of the season. Um, like you said, too many other things going on, and I don't see the upside here against Philadelphia. 
Okay, so you would bench him then for another flex option, depending on the option. Yep. Okay. All right. Philly, I assume we're both taking here. Eagles. All right, fly, Eagles, fly. Next game up is going to be another divisional showdown to open the season, the New England Patriots at the Miami Dolphins. We, we talked a little bit on our last episode about the running back by committee situation for the Patriots. And personally, I don't want to invest in this pass game at all. It sounds like it's just going to be a lot of split targets between Jacoby Myers, Devontae Parker, Nelson Aguilar has gotten some buzz, but certainly I, I would not trust starting him against Miami. Um, we'll see if Ty Montgomery is ready to start the year. Again, you know, we talked about this, but week one, Ramondre Stevenson or Damian Harris against the fairly tough Miami defense. Yeah, it's, it's Ramondre. Um, because of the pass catching upside, not that Harris is, can't catch the football. They just don't throw it to him like ever. Um, so it's Stevenson for me. Uh, I don't think Ramon, I don't think um, Harris is cracking my roster here. And if I don't have a bigger upside play than Stevenson, then, then I could flex him. Okay. Um, you know, and, it, I, it, I, and I'm not touching Montgomery right now. Okay. And if you had to pick a wide receiver, who would I be? wouldn't, I wouldn't. <laughs> okay do I, do, I, do I do i absolutely have to i mean it, i think it's just worth noting because byron jones uh, who had off-season surgery it, it sounds like he's gonna miss the first four weeks he's been placed on pup and then you know xavier howard was limited in practice earlier this week so he might not be 100 percent. so there could be a little bit of upside here so who would you pick myers yeah, I mean, I know they traded for Parker, but, oh, I mean, Devontae Parker revenge game? Ooh, love the narrative. Not playing him, though. <laughs> I don't hate it uh, if you have to. I think they're <laughs> both viable, but uh, I would temper expectations. Um, on the other side here, it's going to be interesting just to see how involved Jalen Waddle still is with Tyree Kill there. I do think he'll get a few targets, but I'm not expecting him to hit you know, 24% again. All right. Patriots or Dolphins? I'm going to take the Dolphins, but I do think um, from a fantasy standpoint, your players are capped against the New England uh, defense. Yeah, I'm I'm starting uh, Chase Edmonds still, though. Yeah, starting Edmonds, starting the two wide receivers, um, assuming Waddles to play. But uh, yeah, okay, just not, thought, not as not as big of a boom week. I was going to say I thought this was going to be one where, where we were going to differ because the Patriots seem to always uh, struggle in South Florida. Uh, but we're, I, to, we're both taking Miami, I guess. I thought for sure you were going to take the Patriots, just because you're you're a you're a you're a mass boy. I have I have four words: uh, Joe Judge, Matt Patricia. Oh yeah, Call that's the offense. Join that me. offense. Uh, I mean, I think yeah, I have Mac Jones outside of my like top twenty quarterbacks this year. I, I just I really do not want to trust in this offense with the downgrades at the offensive line. Just. You know, trading for Devontae Parker of all the wide receivers you could have had. They could have had Amari Cooper for dirt cheap, apparently, right? Well, they wanted to trade rather than sign free agents because they, they went in with Nelson Aguilar last year, so they figured, let's try the trade market. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, I think, you know, Cleveland trade for Amari Cooper like a fifth-round oh, pick or something. That's true. Yes, that's yes, that's a good point. So, uh, but we know that Belichick has certainly uh, – what, did he give up like a second for Muhammad Sanu or something a few years he, back? He did. They have a really rough time with wideouts. They don't know how to make make players out of anybody that aren't like, you know, Wes Welker, uh, Danny Amendola 
that sort of thing. Crazy. I mean, th- their draft picks uh, in recent years have been kind of iffy too. So may- maybe yeah. Brady was covering up a lot of uh, blemishes in New England for a while. No, I, th- I think I hear the uh, debate being answered. Was it Brady? Was it Belichick? <laughs> I, th- I think however you debate that one, it's got to be 51-49. It's just, yeah. oh yeah. yeah. But all right, that's a whole you know three hour podcast on its own. So I mean, we're the, not the, gonna... Pat, the Pats were still a pretty darn good team with Matt Jones last year. Yes, absolutely. But without Joe Judge and Matt Patricia, is his point. True, that's true. <laughs> all right, uh, let's move on then to Baltimore Ravens at the New York Jets. Big big question is, of course, is J.K. Dobbins ready? Does he play Week One? And if he does, how many snaps? What does Mike Davis and Kenyon Drake's involvement look like? The recently signed Kenyon Drake. If you drafted J.K. Dobbins, Los, well, well, I guess two questions. One, have you been drafting Dobbins at ADP? And two, if you have, are you starting him week one? There's something I've learned in prior seasons, and I can't come up with great, uh, great examples off the top of my head, which is exactly why I just ingrained it in my mind. Guys who are injured heading into the season or near the start of the season, especially running backs, don't fall for it. And I'm not falling for it right now on J.K. Dobbins. They can give me all the puff pieces they want. They can say he's ready. I'm worried. Now, of course, they're playing the Jets, right? So you could you could strike it rich here. You could get lucky, but I'm not playing Dobbins. All right. Um, are you – okay, well, if you had to flex Davis or Drake, who would it be if Dobbins is out? And two, would you just avoid that altogether? No, I would actually play Mike Davis with some confidence here. Um, he, uh, I know they went and signed Drake. That's great and all, but you need depth on a very heavily running football team. And we know Gus, Gus Edwards isn't here. So somebody was going to have to get signed, but Kenyon Drake's going to need a little time to learn the offense, figure out how he fits in. Mike Davis has been there and he, uh, <laughs> He just finds a way of being that uh, that that veteran guy who just plugs in in spots and makes things happen until he's overused, and he's not overused as of week one. All right, we'll see. Uh, on the Jets side here, it is going to be a Joe Flacco revenge game. Um, that'll be an interesting show to see. And then at the running back position, we'll have to see what the split actually looks like between Brees Hall and Michael Carter. Uh, same kind of same question as J.K. Dobbins on the other side. Have you been targeting Brees Hall in your drafts? And if you do have him on a roster, are you confidently starting him right away week one? So the Jets are tough. They've been so bad for so long that no, I have not been targeting Brees Hall in any drafts. Um, I'm very worried about Michael Carter being a significant part of the offense early in the season. Halfway through the season, we may may see that flip, but you got to win games in both parts of the season. And uh, if you're if you're drafting Brees Hall, that means you likely don't have a very solid running back core. Um, so I, if you drafted him, you got to play him. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I I hope you've got other options. Okay, fair enough. Um, so you haven't been drafting much Hall then, you said? No, no. Got it. Um, if you have Elijah Moore, are you starting him as a wide receiver three flex? Yeah, I think he flexes in against the, against the Ravens. Um, despite targeting the Ravens because of their defense with, with wide receivers last year, there were so many injuries. This defense is so much better than what it looked like at the end of last year. So um, the upside's definitely capped, especially week one for the Jets here um, with, uh, with, with the quarterback situation. Um, yeah, just, just not something I really want to target. Okay. I actually, I actually like Elijah Moore a lot because I think okay. there's – 
you know, he's from what we've heard has established himself as the clear um, number one on that depth chart, even with Garrett Wilson there. Oh, oh, sure. So, all right, who are you taking here, Lewis? Oh, give me Baltimore. This might sound crazy, but I think I'm taking the Jets. No, you're okay. Yes, great idea. Um, and here's my reasoning behind it. Partially is because we've seen Robert Sally be a very good defensive play caller, um, very good when he has time to plan ahead for games, which he does for this first week. Uh, we've seen the Ravens start slow before. They lost to the Raiders in overtime week one last year. Um, and then finally, you know, Ronnie Stanley, Ravens left tackle, he still sounds very questionable for week one. And we know that they have a monstrous defensive line in New York. And, you know, the the Ravens are favored. And at the very least, I would take the Jets plus six and a half. But if you want to go bold, I think I would sprinkle a little bit on the Jets money line. And I'm not going to argue with you because I want you to keep that pick. All right. So you're taking Baltimore. I'm taking the Jets. You get your uh, you get your Buffalo uh, L.A. match. We're back back to even. All right, let's move on then to uh, Jacksonville Jaguars at the Washington uh, Commanders now. Right, that's what it is. <laughs> yep, yep. All right, so, I mean, the big question here is Trevor Lawrence, right? He was touted as this generational talent, the best quarterback prospect since Andrew Luck. And, of course, I, I think even all of us who just knew Urban Meyer was going to be a disaster didn't quite think it was going to be that bad last year, right? Right. You're absolutely right. Uh, I, I mean, we've seen college coaches come in and flounder. Heck, even Nick Saban couldn't get it done at the NFL level. But this was this was just a joke of epic proportions. I think uh, I think we know where Urban Meyer belongs in the in terms of uh, the football world at the college bars, right? Yeah, sure. No, <laughs> keep, keep him away for never mind. Don't get me started. All right. Uh, beyond, uh, you know, beyond Trevor Lawrence. Well, first, if you drafted Trevor Lawrence, are you starting him against uh, Washington, who actually has a pretty solid defense with Ron Rivera? I mean, if you drafted him, then you, you've got to. That means you were waiting on him and you went out of your way to draft him. I hope if you're – well, this is a strategic point. If you're going out of your way to go late quarterback or you – know, you've got to know who you're playing week one if you're, if you're waiting on a quarterback and targeting him. So hopefully if you knew you were getting Lawrence, you knew you were drafting a guy playing Washington in week one, and you're comfortable with that. Um, it's not the best matchup. Uh, it isn't. But, um, and, I, and I don't have full confidence in, in him in week one with, with the new offense. But uh, Well, so of course it helps. You know, Chase Young's on the pup list, so at least he doesn't have to worry about him. But let's yeah. say you drafted two quarterbacks late. And let's go all the way back to Justin Fields. If you have Fields and Trevor Lawrence, who would you start week one? No, I'm starting Fields here. Okay. I would agree with that. Um, beyond the quarterback position in Jacksonville, uh, we'll see also, you know, is Travis Etienne getting some of that red zone goal line work or is James Robinson mixing back in immediately? Uh, does Stoop Connor get a couple touches here and there? That'll be something to monitor. And a, a question that I've been asked a lot this year, Marvin Jones versus Zay Jones. And I've been on the Zay Jones bandwagon. It sounds like he has good chemistry with Lawrence. And Marvin Jones just looked slow and old last year, and he's another year older. What are your thoughts on that situation? On the running back or wide receiver situation? On the wide receiver situation. Yeah. 
I think we need to develop and see what um, Trevor Lawrence's tendencies are. Um, Marvin, I think the youth of Zay Jones tips me in his favor, but he doesn't excite me as a prospect. Sure. So you're you're just starting Christian Kirk week one if you're uh, absolutely okay. Sounds good. Uh, on the other side here, sometimes we'll see... you got to follow the money. Yeah, I, I agree with that, and that's partially why I've been so high on Chase Edmonds as well. Yep. All right, let's move on then to the Washington Commanders uh, getting their massive quarterback upgrade this offseason, going to Carson Wentz. Um, <laughs> Uh, if you drafted Terry McLaurin, you're starting him, obviously. Sure. What about Jahan Dotson? The rookie has been flashing a lot this preseason. Uh, it's been reported that you know he has been Carson Wentz's favorite target thus far, uh, probably ahead of Curtis Samuel at this point. Are you starting Dotson at flex, depending on your option? Well, you threw that in there. I was going to say no. Then you said depending on your options. Um, probably not week one. Um, probably not week one. Sorry. Okay. And then uh, Gibson and McKissick, both flex-worthy here? <laughs> Drink them if you got them, right? Yeah. I mean, just we, we don't like how it happened to Brian Robinson, but with him out, Gibson is penciled in for that workload. Is he, though, or is he going to be penciled in for returning punts and then, you know, waving his arm and not running anywhere and doing nothing all game? <laughs> I don't know. Well, hey, I mean, hopefully if you drafted Gibson, he's your RB3 and you have other options. Yeah, and that was more true. of an upside play, right? It's true, but is the upside there on this offense right now? Yeah, I mean, that's questionable Carson Wentz at quarterback. Maybe we see Sam Howell at some point midseason. Uh, we will see about that. Who are you taking here between Jacksonville and Washington? I'm going to take Jacksonville. I know. I just vomited too. Okay. Believing in Doug Peterson here, I see. Hey, he won a Super Bowl. All right. I think this is uh, where we will battle it out because I am going to take the home team, Washington. I, I yeah. do think that Ron Rivera has enough to, uh, to get it done at home here. Uh, and, you know, we've seen that. As bad as Carson Wentz is at moments, uh, he does put together some good games. So I think this might be a game where uh, it gives the Washington fans false hope after week one. That is something they're good at. I feel like Carson Wentz like starts really strong sometimes to where, you know, oh, maybe we're back to old Carson Wentz. And then, you know, week three, we're like, oh, what happened? See, but who hates Carson Wentz more than anybody in this world? That's Doug Peterson right there. He chased him out of town. And he may chase him out of the NFL at the, at the end of this game. We might see uh, some, some of your boy, Taylor Heineke. Well, I mean, that's a fair point because Peterson does know some of Wentz's um, you know, preferences. So that might help in the defensive planning for Jacksonville as well. That's something to yep. honor. Yep. I'm going to stick with my pick, Washington, yeah. but uh, we'll see. Uh, we already have. You know, I'm. I like when we disagree. It's fun. Me folks. too. Me too. <laughs> What's the point otherwise? Yeah. <laughs> um, but okay, that is going to do it for the first half of these week one matchups. Uh, we will be back on the next episode, going through the rest, talking about some points to discuss. Of course, you guys can find us on Twitter if you have any questions. In the meantime, I am at ffa underscore mung. That's M E N G. And you can find me at FFA underscore LOS. That's L-O-S. You can, of course, find the podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Anchor. Please remember to like and subscribe so you don't miss any of our upcoming episodes. Yeah, thank you all for tuning in. And 
course, it's a fantasy world, and we're all just addicts in it. Thanks, addicts. <laughs>